Welcome back to another episode of the Shula Bowl podcast. As always, we are brought to you by the fine folks at Five Reason Sports, your home for South Florida sports news. I am Eric Henry, FIU beat writer for SB Nation, co-managing editor Underdog Dynasty, doing a FAU-centric episode. It's been a while. You know, the past couple episodes you've heard have been uh, our off-season series of FIU player-related interviews. Again, want to thank Shane Magoo and Noah Curtis for making the time to jump on. But we definitely got to show the owls some love. It has been a while. And also, we've gotten your, your messages. We will definitely try our best to get uh, some former owls on as well throughout the off-season like we were able to do in 2020 and 2019. But full house tonight. Shane Marinelli, all things FAU recruiting guru, FAU insider for the FAU Owls Nest. And joined by a special guest, someone who you know, I've, I've uh, he gives me a hard time or gave me a hard time in the press box over there at, uh, at FAU Stadium. But he, he, all in all, he's a good kid. Uh, he's, he's a good guy. He's doing a hell of a job covering FAU. I, I should state that first and foremost. Covers preps for New Era Prep and State of the U. He is a member of the Football Writers of America Association and uh, covers FAU for Fifth Quarter Inc. Kevin Felder. Kevin, how's it going, my man? Uh, I'm not shocked you called me a kid because it seems like that's the only thing you ever want to call me, uh, Eric. Uh, you know, I'm I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, football season almost here. Spring camp almost here. Knock on wood. It's a good time to be a football fan, I think. <laughs> Most definitely. The, the, thing, the, the thing about it, Kevin, is uh, I, it, this that typically stems from just how hard of a time you were giving me at a, at the FAU press box, you know, about, I remember a couple jokes about, you know, like uh, how old I was and well, I was going to make it through the entire loss. So I got to, I got to pay it back to you, but uh, I think you're only like eight or nine years younger than me, but still doing a hell of a job covering FAU. Uh, Shane, uh, definitely want to um, jump into things first and foremost, since you are our resident FAU expert, at least our, our, our host. FAU expert, I'll start with you first. Just want to get your opening thoughts for, for uh, fans who aren't initiated, and we see that most of you guys are, but we'll recap. A couple of coordinating changes for FAU. The uh, defensive corner position is one that has changed. Jim Levitt will be taking his talents, the phrase that LeBron made famous, to Southern Methodist. Uh, a new defensive coordinator should be in place pretty soon. I'll let up. Shane, the guys elaborate on that. And then also offensive coordinator. I believe we covered on our last FAU-related episode that um, the, the coordinating change here as far as Clint Chirkut and Jerron Fairman wouldn't be returned for the 2021 season. In, in their place or in, in the offensive coordinator role will be Michael Johnson, who will take over as a team's co-OC and quarterback's coach. So, Shane, house rules, you got it first. How about it? Uh, when a unit does well – in college football anymore can any program really expect to keep those coordinators or assistants uh, it, i mean what wasn't everyone kind of thinking that throughout the season you know i know there's always hope but you know when you see uh in alabama lose half its staff or even today you know we saw you know florida's offensive coordinator leave for the jets and the coaching carousel just kind of turns. Uh, it, it's it's it stinks, but I'm just not shocked. Again, as I pointed out today, this is FBU's sixth. This this the the new defensive coordinator will be the sixth defensive coordinator in six years for FAU. So to me, for a lot of the seniors and vets that are coming back on FAU's defense, it's just another day in the park. Kevin, I'll let you pick it up from there. 
Yeah, I mean, I think Shane hit it on the head perfectly there when he said, when you're a good team and you have a unit that works well, like FAU's defense did, I mean, they exceed a lot of expectations across the board. College football is a stepping stone across the levels. If you go from the FCS to the G5 or the G5 to the P5 or from the Power 5 to the NFL, I mean, better jobs open up. And in the case of FAU to SMU, in a lot of cases, that's a better job because of the recruiting and because of the marketplace that you're in. I mean, that's just going to happen. And so it's not necessarily shocking. I think maybe the timing's a bit shocking because we're late in January and a lot of teams like to have their coaching staff set up by now because spring camp's just around the corner. But this happens in college football. This is just another day in the office for a college football program, especially one like FAU. I will say this, Kevin, though. I wouldn't say SMU's a better job for some reasons. I will say it's, it's a better job in the piggy bank. We don't have to discuss what type of money a private institution um, that has a long story history um, in Dallas, Texas has, right? I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty, I'm I mean, pretty yeah. sure that's Bush money <laughs> at that school. So, you know, we, and it, it's just, it's hard to keep assistance. There's always someone willing to pay more. Um, I read something funny on Twitter today and just kind of the paying college football, uh, FAU, I mean, Georgia's strength and conditioning coach makes more than Dr. Fauci. So if that just gives you an idea that, you know, just the type of money that's going around paying these coaches, um, you know, there's always someone kind of willing to pay more. And at the end, for a lot of people, like any other profession out there in this world, that's what most people are striving for. It's also important to note that Levitt is from Texas. I mean, that's returning home for him. He's hasn't coached in Texas yet. I, I don't blame him for wanting to return home. I mean, this is a, an industry where you're moving around a lot or you're never actually home and you're at a different place every two years or every three years, unless you're a Nick Saban and you're there for 10 years. But you know, I mean, look, we can get into, we, we don't have to get into if SMU is a better job than FAU, but there are reasons why a guy would go from FAU to SMU more than just money. I mean, the American conference is a better conference than the conference USA. That right there is a better enough reason. Yeah. And they have a good team. You're right. We don't have to go into it, but they do have a really good team going back. I do also believe he has a relationship with Sonny Dykes as well. So, you know, there's kind of that factor, but you know, kind of nonetheless to, Change here, you know, I, I said this to Eric a little bit before we came on, and, you know, I'd like to hear Eric's perspective on this. I was kind of really worried about this a couple of weeks ago, like, ooh, if we lose them. But now that it's kind of happened, I'm like, I think ultimately they're going to be fine. I remember fans had the same angst when Glenn Spencer left. And it always, it, it seemed to work out. I mean, Shane, I think I mentioned it to you. Uh, a good coach at a good college football program has a plan B in place, especially if you have a good season on defense where you know that guys are going to be replaced. I mean, how many teams truly retain their full coaching staff? Alabama doesn't. Alabama just won a national championship and lost half their coaching staff on offense. I mean, this is just how college football is. So Taggart's got enough connections. He can go out there. He can get a hire if he needs to go out outside of FAU. But there are also in-house candidates. It's in one of those situations where you don't have to go out out of out of house to find a good candidate because there are good candidates in house. 
I'm going to go ahead and jump in here and I'll pick up, uh, you know, probably points that both of you guys made. I think, you know, Kevin made a point about um, Jim Levitt being a, a native. Yeah, I believe he left there, uh, did grow up there, spent some time in middle school. And then the the Tampa native in me wouldn't, uh, uh, would be remiss if I didn't say that he's a graduate of Dixie Hollins High School. So also has a tie to Tampa area as well. But it's a good point you make about him getting a chance to return home. And then Shane, uh, I'm going to pick up what you said. And as far as the defense change, I mean, my thing, and when you look at FAU's defense, is returning talent. You know, I don't have to sell you guys on on the Jalen Joyners and Evan Andersons of the world and, you know, getting guys like Amon Ross back and and, and whatnot. So you, I don't have to sell you guys on returning talent. But I think it's a good point that Shane made in terms of um, really and, and not even not even just the switching coordinator, but the switch in schemes that they've been able to do over the past few years. It shows clearly that, you know, the, the players are, are amenable to change and, and have been, you know, pretty quick to adapt on that. Want to get and, and I'll, I'll start with Shane again on this one. Uh, Want to get your thoughts on the offense coordinator hire with uh, with Johnson and just, you know, obviously the the relation, the fact that his son is also a, a quarterback at the school and just, you know, your thoughts on that. And then I'll come to Kevin as far as maybe the FAU fans perspective, as far as what they're feeling uh, production wise may be needed. But Shane, I'll let you take away your thoughts on the OC hire. I mean, I think it's a, it's a great hire. I think it's someone that FAU, in a lot of situations, wouldn't be able to get. Uh, this We're talking about a coach that coached Michael Vick for a handful of years. Uh, was an o- offense coordinator in the NFL. Was a Power 5 uh, offense coordinator. Was an interim head coach. Okay? Um, you know, it's... It, you know, he, he does, yeah, he has a connection with uh, Willie Taggart, but, you know, you're, you're bringing someone on who, you know, coached all the way back, you know, in the NFL to the year 2000. And so kind of a vast amount of experience. And you get him to go on, and we kind of talked about this before, be the, you know, quote-unquote co-OC. But let's, um, let's kind of be real. He's there to be the quarterback's coach. Right, I, that's the first priority. And last year, you saw young quarterbacks like Javion Posey kind of struggle, and you know, and you bring in Michael Johnson Jr. And again, and I've been telling people they're probably not finished there, uh, you know, and you probably just wanted someone with a little bit more deep experience to develop that. And what better way to get someone who's got a decade of experience in the NFL? I mean, yeah, it, you're looking at a guy who's been around the block and he's been around NFL blocks. And if you're an FAU fan, that's something you should be excited about because would you have been able to, to convince guys like Michael Johnson, who had been NFL coaches before, to come to FAU five years ago, four years ago? I mean, it shows the growth that FAU's gone under. And yes, there is the connection with Coach Tagger, but connections only mean so much. It still has to be a desirable job because – Look, I mean, Michael Johnson's been around the block and he's done well at pretty much every stop. This is this is not a guy who's locked into an interim head coaching job or locked into coaching Michael Vick. He's been a guy who's been able to consistently build guys up. And when you have a young quarterback room like this where you don't have your answer, I mean, you've got another quarterback competition a year after having one. And as Shane mentioned, I doubt they're done in the transfer portal to find another quarterback. This is one of those things where you're going to need a guy who knows how to build quarterbacks up and build them rather quickly because I mean, you may only have spring camp and summer camp and to really find their starter because you open up against Florida. And so it's promising that they can hire guys like, 
like Michael Johnson. And it shows that, yeah, this is a program that's on the rise. Kevin, I want to ask you a really quick question. And I I know I kind of led into it with my intro. um, And Shane talked about the fact that Michael Johnson will work primarily with the quarterbacks. I want to ask you this. You mentioned the fact, and we'll get into the schedule in a second, that FAU opens up with the Gators and then heads to, excuse me, Georgia Southern heads to Boca Raton, excuse me. Uh, you're a fellow beat writer like I am, and, and you know, you kind of have, have the pulse of maybe, you know, what, what fans are thinking as well, as, as Shane does as well. But just want to get your thoughts on as anemic as FIU's offense was last year, I, it almost kind of escapes me that. Uh, FAU's offense averaged less points than the Panthers did last year, which goes to show you that, you know, in terms of overall uh, putting points on the scoreboard, there were struggles. Do you kind of get a feeling that, you know, I don't want to say the clock is ticking, but fans are going to be looking, especially coming off the Lane Kiffin era, uh, fans are going to be looking for some sort of production on the scoreboard. And, and you know, this hire is going to really have to be key in, in making that happen rather soon in 2021. I mean, absolutely. You, you, when you average 18 points on offense and there were games there where you could have won if you scored 25 points or 30 points on offense, the clock is definitely ticking because, I mean, I guess a lot of it is because we see teams across all levels and both in college and the NFL build on their offenses. And when you have a high-flying offenses and you just lost a coach who had a high-flying offense, there's this expectation that this has got to come quickly because – you know, we can't just keep scoring 18 points on offense. But th- these are one of those things where last year it was kind of hard to build, to have a good offense when you lose so much talent. I mean, you, lo- you lose Harrison Bryant, you lose John Rain, you lose what, three of your starting wide receivers, you lose two of your starting offensive linemen. We could go on and on about the guys they've lost and the star quarterback. I mean, this is an offense that I think will be better because they have another year under their belt. They have a spring camp this year by all accounts. They have reasons to be excited. And really quick, I want to fill in the gap here because I know I mentioned, uh, we mentioned from the last podcast that Gerard Fairman, um, who had you know served in some roles with the special teams, uh, is no longer there. Raymond Woody, uh, who is the Owls' outside linebacking coach in RC, is promoted to associate head coach. And uh, if I've got this wrong, because I'm reading Kobe's price here, word for word, Kobe's price, that's funny. Kobe's piece here, word for word, uh, you guys let me know if I've got it wrong, that Raymond Woody will also serve as the special teams coordinator. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Okay. Okay, I just want to double check on that. I want to transition to the schedule here. You know, I want both your guys' thoughts here. Uh, Shane, I know you've been fired. We've talked uh, a little bit about the schedule off air as far as, you know, your chance to go out there and and travel to some really big games for FAE. First, you you open up at the Swamp, and that's definitely an intriguing matchup. You know, you got a chance to go to Air Force, another historical venue. You have a chance to go to UAB. They're opening up their new stadium. Uh, That stadium's scheduled to open up in October, so that that UAB game actually could be the – the home opener for uh, for the the Blazers as far as opening that that new stadium. So I don't believe it's scheduled to be open on time for uh, the season opener. And then they had two Charlotte, two Old Dominion, two Western Kentucky. The home contests: Georgia Southern, Fordham, an October matchup with FIU, Shula Bowl there, UTEP, Marshall, and Middle Tennessee. Uh, Shane, I'll let you start first. Just overall thoughts on the schedule. You know, anything jumps out to you? You know, whatever uh, whatever you see. Yeah, the UAB match is probably the most interesting one. Uh, you know, obviously what kind of jumps out to you in the first four games is uh, the the trail of Pat Chun continues to leave itself at FAU. Two triple option teams in the first four weeks. Uh, 
getting Georgia Southern at home will definitely be a help. Uh, that's the game where if FAU last year just converted in the red zone, they probably would have won on the road last year. Uh, so, you know, kind of definitely winnable at Air Force. I mean, man, I, you would have a hard time convincing me that Alabama wouldn't struggle playing in altitude versus a triple option. Okay. Uh, that, that game's a killer. Um, but you know, I, I think the game that every FAU fan has circled or should, and even more than other years is that November 6th match versus Marshall. I mean, that's the East right there. Uh, I know, you know, we're going to play the, oh, Charlotte could have a little interesting team. I like what they're doing and blah, 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 blah. But the East is going to come down FAU and Marshall again. Uh, I, I'm, I am confident in January saying that. And, it, you know, that, that game is, you know, now you, you have two former assistants of FAU on that staff, um, two other former assistants and Telly Lockett and, um, now the other name is escaping me. Who's coached with Willie Taggart in the past on that stuff. So there's four former Willie Taggart assistants at Marshall now. And, you know, that's just one of those games with teams that typically have equal talent. Uh, and, you know, Marshall's got a new young, you know, fiery head coach and it, that should be a really interesting matchup. Kevin, I'll let you pick it up from there. Yeah, so obviously a lot of people are going to look at that first game against Florida because you're traveling to the swamp and you're playing a team like Florida who was good last season. Look, let's be honest, FAU is going to have a hard time winning against Florida, and that's fine. But those games after that, there are some really intriguing games. You mentioned the game against Air Force on the road, and anytime you can travel to a military academy, a service academy like the Air Force, who runs this triple option, run it well. It's going to be a tough game, but it's always going to be an interesting game in that sense. A game that I have circled on my schedule is that Old Dominion game, because I don't think Old Dominion is going to be bad. I think when you look at a team like Old Dominion, they were bad, what, two seasons ago now, because they didn't play last season, but they got a lot of good transfers in. They've, They've had a year to develop, and I think Ricky Ronnie's going to do a terrific job there. And then right after that, you travel to Bowling Green and play a Western Kentucky team that, by all accounts, should also be improved. There are going to be some games in there that are, are toss-ups for FAU in the sense that, you know, if they lose, it wouldn't be shocking. But, yeah, that, that Conference USA East is going to come down to Marshall like it does pretty much every year. And, I mean, FAU's had a tough time beating Marshall, but you get them at home this year. There's some hope that hopefully with the new coaching staff, they're not as good as they used to be. But you're going to have to win against Marshall to probably win the conference USA East. And that's just been the reality. So it's going to be a good schedule, but there are some games in there that are going to be toss-ups for FAU in the sense that they may not have the easiest win like people would expect. Shane, I want to ask you this. What is in this? I'll, I'll go ahead and credit Jake Elman right here. You know, our old uh, Shulbo pod buddy who um, mentioned that, you know, he felt that FAU has to go eight and three after the the season opener at FAU to really, quote unquote, invigorate what remains of FAU's fan base. Right. And I'm just looking at the schedule here. And, you know, uh, Kevin points out the ODU game. I know you say that it's going to come down to, you know, Florida Atlantic and, and Marshall. I'm a little bit higher on Western Kentucky than maybe you are. Most people are given, you know, the additions they have there, but nevertheless, I want to ask you this. 
it's got to be at least eight wins. I, to me, I, I don't know if eight and four still seems a little bit low because um, the now would be two years removed from a conference championship. Let me know if I'm wrong or right. Well, what's your thoughts on that uh, that statement there, uh, Shane? Eric, I don't know. Eight wins, that's kind of right on the end there. I mean, it probably depends on how they're playing at the end of the year to quote-unquote reinvigorate the fan base. Uh, I'm supremely... I'm just a little bit more confident. I'm more confident than I was last year. I mean, I, I think FEU is the favorite to win the East, you know, especially depending again, that's pending. I'm also confident there is going to be also additions to the roster in the coming months, uh, that will make people feel more confident. You know, um, we can do a conference USA East preview, but you and I have debated this a few times. And I'm still waiting for a good answer from somebody in regards to Western Kentucky. I'm still waiting on an FCS to FBS quarterback that's been supremely, um, that's worked out really well. Luke Anthony, this year, Louisiana Tech, continue. Okay, but did, did, did they win the West? No. Uh, really? Yeah, like someone that was. Come on. Broke his ankle. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Shane. I'm All sorry. Right. We, we could debate this, but still. Uh, it, Louisiana Tech was a mediocre football team. Uh, yeah, I mean, eight, eight wins would probably just keep everyone at, you know, a shoulder shrug. But again, I said I'm really confident this defense is just, you know, the, the return of Zion Gilbert and Khalif Bryce and possibly getting an Akias Leroy back, along with all the players that played last year. Uh, you know, 80% of the seniors that started in the bowl game are reached. Every senior that started the bowl game is returning. 80% of seniors overall. So I, I think some of that, you know, is going to create some really high expectations. So, you know, I, I definitely think it, you know, anything less than it coming down to maybe one close loss to Marshall where they get in in the East, anything more than that will probably be a disappointment. Kevin, really quick, I, I apologize for that exchange. Uh, essentially, what you just heard there was before Shane and I like met each other and became buddies and were drinking beer and watching football together, that essentially was our relationship on Twitter. He would state something and then I would just, I would just yell at him. Uh, so that, that springs up from time to time. But uh, while, I, while, while I got you in the line, Kevin, we'll get ready to close this up in a second. Um, you know, I've got Shannon all the time, so I know his thoughts about players he's looking forward to as far as the 2020 season, excuse me, 2021 season. But while I've got you, uh, any names that, you know, you think FAU fans need to be keeping an eye on the offense, defense, otherwise that uh, you think, um, you know, this time next year when we're doing this podcast, will be names that FAU fans will be very familiar with. Yeah, so last year I banged the table throughout camp and I continue to bang the table during the season because, I'm like that. Uh, Lejante Wester is a wide receiver who I think will continue to get more reps for FAU, and he started to get more reps near the end of the season there, and he has a different amount of explosiveness that FAU just hasn't had at that wide receiver position. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, you know, I'm excited about some of those freshmen. Guys like Jamal Adreen, I think, can contribute this year. It's going to depend a lot on just how that wide receiver room builds up during the year, but I mean, on defense, Smoke Mungin had a really good year as a really a first-year starter on defense. And another year in a system and another year with reps at that position, it's something to be excited about because if you can have Zion Gilbert and Smoke Mungin together on the two edges of your defensive cornerback uh, pairing there, that's something that most teams don't have is two really good cornerbacks who can, you know, you can just put them there and say, look, we've got two there. So 
there are a lot of guys who I think can really step up for FAU. I mean, this is not just going to be a year where it's going to be dominated by three or four players who are, are stars or three or four players who are really dang good for the level. I think there are a lot of guys who are just better than the level that they're at. I mean, there are a lot of guys on this team who have power five potential. And so the fact that they're returning, that definitely shows promise for FAU. And with that, we will go ahead and bring this FAU-centric episode to a close. As always, want to thank you guys for listening. The only way we can grow this podcast is through your feedback. So whether that is through on DMs or leave us reviews on Podbean or whatever streaming platform you hear this podcast, they are always welcome. Want to thank Kevin Felder. I, I give him a hard time, but as like I said, he's doing a hell of a job covering FAU. Uh, I'm going to get him in a suit for next year's Shula Bowl, whether he knows it or not. That, uh, that aside, you can find Kevin on Twitter at the Kevin Felder. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore. You can find Shane on Twitter at, Shane, at Marinelli Shane. And of course, you can find his work. Please always be checking for uh, anything FAU recruiting related at the FAU Owls Nest. Doing a great job there. Appreciate you listening and uh, welcome back next time. You know, welcome to 2021 and uh, hey, we're that much closer to the uh, season now that we've got a schedule release. So thank you for listening and uh, happy football watching everybody.